Hi guys and welcome to the Wellness is Wealth podcast. What? Is it? I don't know. We, we, we just have to figure it out and see. It kind of feels like it. Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, this one is actually going to be going out on both of our podcasts. Yeah. But who knows what's coming up in the future? Absolutely. Actually, we kind of know what's coming up in the future. But I think that because this is so new and so fresh and so exciting in our minds, and we're really keen to get this not right as in perfect, but right as in a reflection of what occurred at our first Wellness is Wealth event on Friday, we're just a bit cautious making sure we're putting things in place to make sure it is what we want it to be. Mm, I love that. That's why we're such a good team, because you're like pulling me back. Because <laughs> Nicola's like, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's me that's like, oh my God, I'm going to do all this stuff. But I just, I, I'm so grateful, humble, honoured to have been able to work with you to create what was created on Friday. I'm really keen to honour that. Mm. Because it was amazing. Otherwise known as watch this space, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So we wanted to do this episode of the podcast, of of our podcast, to really share the beauty that was Friday night and the Wellness is Wealth event. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to run through some of the highlights, just kind of talk about a bit of the background of the event. I know that I had friends that couldn't make it that were like, how am I going to find out all of the stuff and it's like well we have to come for something in the future but also we we knew we were going to have some kind of conversation yeah yeah no ditto ditto and I know that there were a few people you know that just were not able to like outside my friendship network that weren't able to make it that are really curious and excited listen forget them What was something, what was something, something that was really beautiful for me was having people come to the event, me welcoming them, thanking them for coming and them saying, we're not quite sure what it is. We just knew we had to be there. And also they wanted to be there because they've connected with you and or I in some kind of way and thought this is going to be something refreshing. Yeah, definitely. It's something different, isn't it? Because no one else is talking about it. Not in the way that we're talking about it, I don't think. And I think that it's really important, especially when we are, um, and this isn't to sound really morbid, but I think that once you start to get to a point where you've been in your career or you've been working for a long time, you might have transitioned into starting your own business. But when you're like, mid to late 30s going into your 40s I think you become acutely aware that you don't have time to play with money anymore Mm. and money needs to be something that you work for but you don't slave for and that it needs to be something that is not to the detriment of your health and well-being because that story you know shoulder pads rah rah be like a man bye bye sell sell we're really accepting that that doesn't work for us yeah and by Um, now a lot of us are tired we're kind of tired of that 
struggle, hustle, whatever, exactly. to survive. And we're exactly. like, we're ready to mm-hmm. thrive. And also on a practical level, we're at that, almost that dichotomy where we might be looking after younger children and responsibilities, but then also looking at older parents and looking mm-hmm. after them as well, mm-hmm. as well as looking mm-hmm. after ourselves. Mm-hmm. Equally, Nicola, within that within that piece, lest we forget, I've got friends who are the same age as me who have got children in their early 20s. So we're also dealing with people that may be subsidising a child at university or otherwise. Um, and then also there's, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, that sounds like a great place to be. There are also people who were taught to save and be frugal and put money away and hold on to it. And they're now realising that they've got a stack of cash sitting in a bank account idle somewhere. They too have a money story. And where their money story may not create a situation where they go out living for the day and spending wildly their money story makes them hold on to money but the money's not actually doing anything and then it just becomes stagnant energy so in the actual event it was nice to see that there were people there who weren't there simply because they don't have enough they also wanted to learn about doing something different with their money and being a bit more mindful about why they are holding on to money in the way that they do yeah, that was definitely really interesting because it was all parts of the the spectrum, mm-hmm. wasn't it, of that mm-hmm. financial wellness piece is that, yeah, you're right, whether you've got it or you don't, there is that desire to make that change mm-hmm. with it. And, we're ready. Mm, oh, so yeah. ready. So ready yeah. to come and have their money make money <clears throat> and make more money. <laughs> it's Absolutely. all of the different, yeah. it's Absolutely. all an education. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the the intention that we had for the event and how that transpired gosh Nicola I can't even pinpoint where that started I know that you and I have had this conversation a few times yeah we have and I think it just kind of evolved and I think we had a conversation in your car and that's when we were like I I think that conversation in my car was around the time that I was reading Thrive by Arianna Huffington so I read Thrive by Arianna Huffington and that book, it's like a, a real composite combination of science, self-help, personal development and mysticism. And when I was reading that book, there were many things that became abundantly clear. And what was coming through very strongly in that book was that we need to find another way because there were too many people who, too many women who were in the prime of their career who were leaving because there was no way that they could blend work and life. It was either work like you don't have a life or live like you don't have a job. There was no in between. And there were these wildly successful women that decided to have children and they were no longer able to continue to work because presenteeism was a big part of their work. Or there were women that were hugely successful, doing really well in business, and then they were becoming really ill with issues like with heart difficulties and um, diabetes. And the statistics about the diabetes were specific to women. It wasn't something that 
was present in men in the same way that it was in women. Um, so that really made me think about doing something about wellness and money. Mm. I don't think that they need to be exclusive of one another. No. And in actual fact, very often they sit close to each other. Mm -hmm. Don't they? Like you can have your wellness that might just be straight kind of what we traditionally know as wellness and you've got your money, but actually there's a place where they meet in the middle for so many people and it's just not being addressed and talked Mm -hmm. about from that perspective. And it gives it so much more weight either side when they're kind of put together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. And something that I've said on a number of occasions, we need to let go of automatically assuming when we're talking about finances and having abundant finances that we're talking about the negative associations that generally occur with that about greed about the top one percent what I'm talking about is the wellness that gives you access and gives you space to live a life where you are well Mm. because no matter what we say about you don't need money to be happy that's true you are, you are a happy person or you're somebody that looks at things from a place of gratitude or you're not, but that comes with training. But it is much more difficult to look at life through the lens of gratitude if you know that your gas is going to be cut off because you can't pay your gas bill. Mm-hmm. Or if you know that there's a member of your family that really needs something, your child really needs something and you're not able to provide that because of a lack of finances and I'm talking about you know if you think about something like Maslow's hierarchy of needs I'm talking about those foundational things that mean that your basic human needs are being met yeah and they cost money they cost (laughs) money listen this podcast as much as I'm sitting here talking to you freely it's costing electricity it's costing um, broadband so Mm. let's keep it all the way real yeah exactly Um, And then, sorry, go on. No, 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 I was just going to say also for me, um, having an inclusive event about money at Thompson Reuters in Canary Wharf, our financial district, an an event that has been organised and facilitated by two black women, for me... There's just so many layers of significance so many. in there. It's and almost everybody iconic. came and felt welcome. Sorry? It's almost iconic. Listen. <laughs> it, it had so much significance. Like, so much. It really did. It really, really did. And it for us to be able to bring that conversation to that environment is powerful in itself let alone for us to have that conversation and what it what what I love about the whole wellness is wealth the ethos of it and it's it's so layered and one of those layers is the community and it's not just Mm. community that everyone kind of likes to talk about it's actually deep sharing yeah and it's actually getting really real on things that people aren't talking about yeah and to be doing, bringing that into that space as well, it was just... Powerful. Yeah, that Powerful. really meant something. Definitely. And I think 
it was a really, at the time I was, you know, in my hosting flow. <laughs> so I didn't really absorb everything that was going on. But when I sit down and think about welcoming people, saying to people, this is a no judgment zone and you, I, the panel, being able to create an environment where people could see that this space being a no judgment zone wasn't lip service, it was real, was evidenced by the way people were sharing. And we're not talking about, you know, people crying on the floor, rocking themselves, you know, sliding down the wall. We're talking about people that shared anxieties about money, about having credit card debt that they were relieved that they were able to pay off, but the shame they had around that. People talking about trying to have money conversations, but being shut down because they were told that talking about money isn't polite. Mm -hmm. It's not the thing to do. Um, And just thinking about the ways we, the royal we, have at times or on a number of occasions limited ourselves because of those stories. And then on the flip side, you have accounts of women who were a minority plus, plus, plus in their place of work because of their gender, because of their ethnic background um, and whatever else was going on being in a position where they, they, they started with I'm enough and that I'm enough led them to understand their worth and that worth enabled them to stand in their place of work and speak up for themselves. There's that saying, speak even if your voice shakes. There was that sense that at first my voice was shaking and then I realised who I am and was able to state my needs and make changes within that workplace that were beneficial to me and hopefully people that come after. Yeah, yeah. And it needed to be that judgment-free space. Mm -hmm. That's what made it different Mm -hmm. because you can't have those kind of conversations it it doesn't go together (laughs) you can't have those kind of conversations where there's going to be any judgment because there's so much shame around money anyway which we'll get to but that can just it can't happen in any other way and it's it's really interesting that we just can't help it whatever we do individually or together it's always deep. It's always deep. See, I, I, and I keep saying this to you, I underestimated how deep it would be. I kind of didn't let my mind go there. Yeah. And yeah. afterwards on the tube home, I was just like, wow. But it was always... to be, it was um, inspirational, motivational, and also very confronting. Mm. And for people to share with us and other people in the room the way the conversation guided them to think about stories they had hidden from Mm -hmm. in relation to their money and 
being in an environment where there were some things you knew already but weren't putting into action and were prompted into mm. Melanie Usabi voice, what you gonna do? What you gonna do, exactly. What you gonna do? And that's what I loved about it as well. As much as I'm called a life more inspired, or not me, I'm <laughs> but my brand is a life more inspired. It's about more than inspiration. Like every candidate is more about like you get inspired, yeah, but if you're serious, then we're actually gonna go and do some work. And all of the message I, messages that I had were people that maybe they felt a bit triggered. Maybe they were in a place of feeling excited, but whichever end of the scale that they were on, they were like, I'm ready to make changes. Yeah. I even received one today and she'd gone home and spoken to her partner and spoken to her brother. And she was like, the ripple effect of this, I'm starting to see already within days. Wow. And it's wow. like, it's that, it was that momentum and that energy that was created. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when I visualize it, I see um, like electricity. Yes. Got the two bits coming together to create yeah, the electricity. Yeah. And then it was like, right, what are you going to do with it? But everyone has their own different calling as to yeah. what they're going to do. To yeah. And I love yeah. the fact that, so yes, yeah, some people are excited by the new knowledge they've received. Some people are maybe feeling a bit more, triggered it's brought stuff to the surface either way it's a gift Mm -hmm. it's a gift and an opportunity it felt like a line in the sand to say okay I've been enlightened to a few things maybe things I knew but wasn't doing anything with Mm -hmm. maybe I've learned loads of stuff about the money that I've got in the bank and what I can be doing with Mm -hmm. it it's like right now yeah yeah. I'm going to jump into yeah. some action. Abs- absolutely. And for me, it felt like there are always people that are going to do and there are always people that are going to think about it so much their mind starts to believe they've done it so they don't actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that there was, what has been really powerful for me is that there are people still in contact wanting more and wanting to know how this conversation can be continued. And there are people that want accountability. So it's a real case of taking this, there's a real sense of people taking this knowledge and really carefully considering how they can apply it to their life, but in a way that they're layering. So rather than saying, I'm going to do all of this stuff, they're looking at stuff so in the conversation about money having a purpose there are people that are talking about giving their money purpose Mm -hmm. and even in me sharing for example what I was talking about when I was talking about when I first became freelance my difficulty sorry that's my chair I'm not breaking wind (laughs) Um, even with me sharing about my my difficulty in sending invoices when I first started freelancing because the work I was doing as an employee was so grueling. I didn't realize how attached I'd become, I'd become to that story that earning money had to be like back breaking hard work, taking work home, working till three o'clock in the morning, preparing reports, having such a huge amount of responsibility that although my work, the level of responsibility was greater, but the level of grind was lower I really struggled 
to believe that I was doing meaningful work because I wasn't feeling totally depleted and I wasn't being critiqued all the time. I wasn't not handing in work on time because I was, um, because I was overwhelmed with what was going on. So I felt like I didn't deserve that money. I felt like I hadn't earned it. And that rolls around to that belief that work has to be hard. Exactly. Right. And we all have different versions mm-hmm. of that. Absolutely. That version could be not charging enough. Mm-hmm. That version could be offering people a discount, people that show an interest, you know, in your pieces. They haven't asked for a discount, mm-hmm. but you're like, oh gosh, you can have a discount. Or that story can be that I've come from an environment where we didn't have much. Now that I've got it, I'm going to hold on to oh, it really, right. really yeah. tight. Um, and I shared that because, well, I'm happy to share it. I I don't share anything that I haven't made peace with and won't make me feel really vulnerable afterwards, but also because I think it's important for people to see that even the people that have the ideas that create the experiences that we provided, we too have stories and we too you know they say you teach people what you want to learn or what you need to learn or whatever mm-hmm. that saying is there was definitely a communal learning absolutely amen to that I have a scenario that happened to me today where I've recently raised my price on a particular offering and um someone Kate approached me who I know through um, a very good friend and she's on maternity leave so I was like, oh, I should offer her my old price. And it just felt, I don't know, I just felt a bit of a way, checked in with a friend and she's like, hold on a minute, you're going to be on maternity leave soon. Thank you. H- how I forgot that. And automatically she's like, why are you putting this person's needs in front of your own? Because I'd given, she's like, why are you thinking of this? Oh, because she's on maternity leave. Hold on a minute. <laughs> You don't know her story. You don't know her circumstances. And I'm going to be on maternity leave. (laughs) But even if you weren't going to be on maternity leave, you're offering a quality product. But these are the things we do. I remember once there was a, um, a lady that was going to come on my retreat. She couldn't come. And so... I don't make a big deal about this, but with my retreats, I always offer a place for free. And it's not about, oh, this person can't afford it. There's... Sometimes there's just something that I see in somebody and I think you need this. So I had offered her a place at my retreat previously. She couldn't make it for whatever reason. Then she um, contacted me about the next retreat. And part of me was thinking, oh gosh, I've already given my gift place away now. Um, Should I gift it to her because I've given it already and this and that? And I just thought, "Mm, actually, that offer was there and then you've worked out your budget so that you can offer this space, you can offer this gift that you would like to give without impacting yourself. Why are you going to impact yourself for that? Yeah. Not, not like that, but why, why am I going to do that? Yeah. She didn't ask me to. Mm-hmm. And actually, regularly since then, I've seen her posting outfits from lovely independent brands <laughs> which aren't cheap. <laughs> so but that was about me yeah that was about my yeah. worth and that was about me wondering whether or not people saw my worth and I know I've spoken to you a lot about 
the kind of journey I've been on to radical self-awareness and radical self-acceptance, that was one of the catalysts because I just thought, why am I devaluing myself to make somebody else comfortable? If I can see my value and show up in my value, people will want to invest in that value if they see something that's for them. If they don't, they won't. Exactly. Complete sentence, finished. Definitely. And often when we talk about money, it's not always about the money. Like mm-hmm. the money is almost a metaphor for other things, yeah. right? So yeah. with your story, it's like about where you said about wanting to make other people feel comfortable. And it, it's, mm-hmm. all, it's always about bigger. And that's why I love going into the money beliefs and the money stories, because it's almost like you can flip a switch there and it does literally have that ripple effect yeah. on yeah. other parts of life. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. And I just have to touch on how our intention for this event was ease. And it was just so full of ease. So easy. No, let me be, let me own myself. So our intention was this, for this to be easeful. Easeful, yeah. And it really was. Mm. It wasn't easy. Not easy, no. But it was easeful. Mm. It just So random, Mm -hmm. even how... I got to meet the lovely Jeffrey Williams from Thompson Reuters. Um, so Jeffrey is a friend of mine. When we were kids, we used to hang around a lot together. And randomly, my friend bought my friends and I tickets to um, go and see White Teeth at the um, Kiln Theatre, formerly known as Tricycle. And um, in the break, I just saw Jeffrey just catching up. Hey, how are you? What are you doing? He mentioned that he worked at Thomson Reuters. I said to him, you know, mooted the idea of an event. I didn't say what it was. And he said, yeah, send me an email. Let's talk about it. And literally from there to there to there. Boom, boom, boom. I th- the thing that made me the most nervous of it all was the fact that we had it confirmed on top of Christmas and the event was on the 18th of January. I thought that people would psychologically tell themselves that they don't have 20 quid for this event because it's Christmas then it's New Year and all of that so that was the bit that I was a little bit like "Mm, is the timing but once I got over that yeah because people always find the money for what they really want and also we we intentionally set the price low right because so often it's so easy people to be like oh you know I can't focus on my wellness because I've got no money yeah focus on my money because I've got no money yeah (laughs) and I can't be well because I've got no money exactly and with this was no excuse like Mm. 20 pounds yeah and I, I must I must say a huge massive thank you to Melanie Eusebi, Afi Majid, Paula Perry, and although Ashlyn Gibson couldn't make it in the end, to Ashlyn Gibson because we were able to charge £20 because these women waived their fees. Mm -hmm. There was no expectation of money because primarily they were all into the idea of wellness is wealth. And secondly, they loved the idea of an ecosystem where the proceeds from the event would be used to support the social enterprise rocking your teams. And I think if there are more teams that are rocking their team, Mm -hmm. there will be more people coming up 
with this belief system from a young age exactly even if it's just from the principle of knowing your worth and valuing yourself and being ready to take up space in the workplace or in business and charge what you're worth and I know it sounds like we were talking a lot about money and not about charging but there's a lot of us that undercharge oh yeah because we're so keen to get custom yes where we need to flip it, focus on providing a really high level of service mm. and yeah. whoever it's for will come. Exactly. There's that whole piece about the earning side of things and the yeah. earning capacity and whether it's feeling imposter syndrome and feeling like you can't go for that job or start that business or, or take up that kind of space. That yeah. has a whole whole piece as well. And, and Melanie touched on it in um, on the evening as well, but when you're charging, you're charging for the transformation. It's not about, I mean, it depends on the, the product and the service that you're selling, but so often we're equating our worth to like how many hours it took us and how hard we worked. And it's not like, actually, what was the transformation? If you went into that organization and you made them 100K, why are you charging them 500 pounds? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Equally, they're paying for the, as as she was talking about them paying for the transformation, it also made me think you're facilitating the transformation, not just based on the hours you've put into creating this product, this service, this thing, all the stuff that went before to get to the point where you were able to create this product, this service, this thing, you've invested heavily in that. So don't be excuse me, whatever it is that you need to do, whether it's mantras, affirmations, whether it's listening to a particular podcast. My cousin, he has a really big job in the health sector for nonprofit organizations in Sierra Leone. And he's quite young in comparison to the people that he works with. So he, when he's going into a meeting and he needs to ask for big money, he listens to Dizzy Rascal Stop That from the Boy in the Corner app. Um, album because that pumps him up ready to go in you know what I'm saying? like he goes in with that grime obviously it's all sophisticated and suave but he's got that sort of grime energy where I'm coming to take that you're going to give me it because you're going to see what I'm worth so whether it's that you need to listen to grime or whether yeah. there's a particular podcast or something that you need to listen to to get you into that space you know what I do I do the there's a TED talk by um I think her name's Sarah Cuddy, I think. But she do, she talks about changing your physiology and doing like the Wonder Woman pose. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yeah, I, I love doing that. When I was in my corporate role, like before a big pitch or a big meeting or whatever, I'm in the toilets. Like, because it does something, it changes, yeah, yeah. your yeah. level of confidence. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we, shall we dive into some of the gems that were yes. shared on the night? So one of them was about sharing because it releases shame Mm -hmm. and that was one of the beautiful things about the event is that that we created this space where people felt able to share and also not only even if they weren't sharing themselves in hearing other people's stories makes you realize that you're not alone and that in itself releases shame because when we're feeling that shame, then we can't move on from it. And it's like a, shame is like just a cloud that you might not even realise that it's there. Exactly. 
but stops you from actually taking ownership, doing anything about it, even seeing what's going on. It's kind of burying head in the sand. And that's no matter where you are on the financial wellness Mm -hmm. spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was Melanie who talked about finding a friend that you can talk to. Yeah. Which when I, I was like, wow, that's really important because... Whilst I have conversations with my friends about savings or somebody will ask about which account are you using for this? What account have you got for your children, um, et cetera? What are you doing for your um, pension now that you're a freelancer? Actually, I've not yet had a conversation where I'm I'm lifting the lid off shame about and so when I came away from that I thought that's definitely something that I'm taking forward in my life because the experiences I've had thus far with peeling back the layers and actually compassionately curiously exploring what's there has made such huge changes in my life full stop I wonder what that would do with my money it was something that I started to do last year when I was like right I want to get a handle on things um and especially going from being a full-time employee to having my own business there was stuff that I needed to deal with and I've got a friend who we have those conversations and it is so freeing Mm. it's so free because then you can share it with someone who's like yeah okay and you're like waiting for the world to end and then it doesn't you're like oh mm-hmm. oh okay and also there's so much there's so much shame in it that and then often people don't want to look at what the truth is and you look at the truth and you're like actually it's not that bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually well, the flip side is they don't want to be honest because they're worried about being perceived as showing off yes Exactly. That's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the more we have these conversations, the more we'll start to recondition ourselves. So there's a lot of, you know, what's that saying? Uh, Misery likes company or needs company, for example. So we get so used to the comfort and company of misery when somebody is joyful and when somebody does have success that they want to share Mm. rather than seeing that for what it is quite often people are triggered by it so they can't celebrate somebody else's success because they're so stuck in their ego saying but what about us what about our money it's not fair that she actually would you do the work that she does to earn that or would you invest your money in the way that she does you're down top shop every other week mate she's (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know it's 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 definitely having these conversations and finding a person or people that you feel safe to have these conversations with is crucial And, and the crucial piece for me is that conversation may not necessarily be a conversation to have with your long-time girlfriends. It yeah. may be a conversation that you have with a group of friends you cultivate and nurture, mm. like now. Yeah, it's helpful to have, like, the person that I share with is someone that's a little bit more removed. Yeah. 
so there's that it, it, it's not someone that I've been friends with since childhood yes. it, there's a little bit of the distance although we're also incredibly close yes. but then they also get it they get the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we're and I guess also because they're not within that immediate friendship circle and they don't have that history they're accepting you as you are now no. they're listening to what you say now mm-hmm. and they're not thinking back to what happened in Ibiza in 1998 you know they they can just see you as you are right now which I think is helpful in being able to have vulnerable discussions like that absolutely and you're you're so right in terms of that vulnerable conversations being about the shame can be shame about a situation that you're not happy about but it can also be the shame about a situation that you're happy about yes and it's like literally oh, okay. literally two sides of the same two sword sides of the same coin yeah coin, so i've been able to have that conversation with the person as well and it's like oh my goodness this stuff i'm telling you that i haven't really told anyone else because i don't want them to think certain exactly things. yeah they, it, there's so much power in us sharing little tidbit so one thing that um that we do uh, uh, my husband and I is overpay on a mortgage right just a small thing like we've always tried to make a big difference makes a difference even if on when we first had our flat and it was like 10 pounds a month over it makes a difference I know somebody that didn't realize they had paid off their mortgage because of overpaying on their mortgage wow and it's so that they, kind they, of... They got, um, I can't remember how it happened, but it was something, whatever happened for them to get the deed from the um, building society, they were like... And again, that just shows you they weren't really tracking. They just knew they wanted to pay a bit more. To, yes. So it was a really pleasant surprise to them yeah, that they had paid wow. off their mortgage. Yeah. Well, that's a blessing, isn't it? Yeah. It's that kind of thing. When we're not sharing, mm-hmm. 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 then... And I'm not... not um, I'll, I'll be honest and say I felt shame in sharing that. Yeah. I'm not sitting on a podcast today because it yeah. felt it felt icky. It felt like you know, and I'm talking about overpaying someone's ten pounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but then that's that's the thing. That is the thing. People are walking around in a state of reaction, and because they're not quite sure of where their own stuff is coming from you simply being joyful at the fact that there are times when sometimes you pay 10 pounds a month extra sometimes it might be a hell of a lot more you're not saying I'm better than you you're sharing your truth but because that person is feeling so lacking automatically it becomes you're showing off they're defensive their ego's bruised And also it then goes back to my money stories and my money beliefs about being taught about what you talk about, what you do, don't talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in sharing, that's how we all grow. Mm-hmm. Because we learned that from someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. it's all there. And, and those, the challenging, the challenges, I now look at the challenges as fertilizer and the challenges are part of the story. They're not the story. So if you think about what fertilizer is, let's be honest, fertilizer is shit. Yeah, that's what it <laughs> If you use it and effectively you grow through it, if you don't use it effectively, it piles up and it piles up and you end up stinking too. 
Mm. It's, 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 but it takes a long time when um, Melanie, I think it was Melanie that was, and, and definitely Paula talked about the practice. We need to practice. Yeah. All of these are muscles. Mm. We need to practice. We need to train them. I'm now in the position where I'm saying actually challenge, even mistakes, missteps, mishappenings. I can see them as what they are rather than a defining factor because there has been for sure two years of dedicated practice before I could get to this place where even my money story I'm like okay my money story is just whack but that whackness has taught me so much moving forward that even though 360 isn't a year old yet in terms of money coming in it's more than businesses I've had previously that were going for like two three years because the intention is there and I'm not freezing every time something I don't like happens yeah exactly because it's all a little it's all you're evolving isn't it and the practice I feel like gets you to a certain place and then you keep on practicing (laughs) to get to the next bit because each new level each new kind of turn the snicker the inner critic learns new language absolutely it never stops especially when you've got beliefs that I think that that culturally are so entrenched Mm -hmm. um that they become part of you and that takes unlearning if you've been spending the last 30 something 40 something 50 something years doing something a certain way (coughs) then it's going to take some unlearning to do things another way Mm -hmm. habits are hard to break but it's doable it's so doable and it's so worth it as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so one of the other things that we've touched on already but really came up was about money beliefs and money stories Mm -hmm. and the fact that for some people in the room, the fact that they've even got a money story might have been kind of news to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. new knowledge that they were gaining. But it's just knowing that everybody's almost got a blueprint on the way that they view money. And that's often been handed to us mm-hmm. as children, what we've seen as examples of what we've been told mm-hmm. by things like money doesn't grow on trees mm-hmm. or people like us don't have things like that or mm-hmm. do things like that mm-hmm. creates a belief just like any belief that we might have mm. um and the money one is one that is so prevalent for so many mm-hmm. of us so it was really nice to have a conversation about that yeah yeah no definitely and I think that's a conversation in and of its in and of itself because the beliefs are so huge and even if it's a belief from 1984 that's far-reaching because that is firmly embedded in your subconscious exactly that's a story that you've been telling yourself and then your behavior has been reinforcing it and Mm -hmm. you've been looking Mm -hmm. around and seeing the evidence for it that has supported that story all yeah the way along and it's so yeah. what I love about when I talk about money beliefs is because when someone else has got the same one you're like ah oh, 
Okay. And then also, even it just being highlighted to you, it's like almost like a spotlight's put on it that you never saw before because it was just truth before until someone goes, you know, that might not be true, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> exactly. What? Money what? does grow on trees. <laughs> <laughs> My God, it's rubbish. Exactly. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Um. I- no, I, I was just going to say also with, with the, the, the money stories and money beliefs, understanding that you do, that, that many of us have a money story or actually we all have a money story or belief, whether it's something that's been a, of service to us or not, we have one. And there, for me, I think what was being communicated because of the beliefs, because of the narratives around money, you don't talk about it. If you appear not to have enough of it or not know how to handle it, it's shameful. You begin to fear on, you begin to fear it. But if you're scared of something, you're not really going to, you're going to go out of your way to avoid it without realizing it. Yeah. I run from the things I'm scared of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or there's, um, you you are thinking about it in a way that is fearful so you're attracting it in a way that is fearful so you might have these stories on loop um I remember my goodness when I used to walk around saying if there's going to be a parking ticket I'm the one that's going to have it so I must not do this I must not do that I, I, I have had in my driving lifetime so many parking tickets and it was only like five or so years ago I just thought well I'm calling them in you're saying I'm over here yeah because even though I'm saying I'm avoiding it because I'm fearing it I'm thinking about it a lot so where your energy goes or where your energy flows or whatever that yeah I'm, I'm I'm just calling it in exactly and then there's also the fear of money around money where fear of spending money letting money go yeah that there's fear that there's never enough money. Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of money needs to flow. Yeah. Um, which is something that I'll Excessively it. because you think it's not going to last. I've got to spend it as soon as I've got it. Yes. That's the other one as well. And yeah. isn't it interesting that one fear piece can play out so differently for different people in di- at different times, but it all comes down to a fear around money. Exactly. Which was something that I kept picking up in Wellness is Wealth regardless of where you are financially the stories that we have mean that even from somebody who's like oh my gosh I've got my last tenner in my purse to somebody that's saying I've got 10 grand sitting on my account I don't know what to do with it Mm. the underpinning story comes from the same place Mm -hmm. yeah we then moved on to talking about stoicism yeah, I'm really excited <laughs> when Melanie said that she is a Stoic um, because Stoic philosophy, I know it's something that lots of people in business are into and are talking about and follow and, and believe or, you know, they, the, the Stoic philosophy resonates with them. But for me, it, it was, it's been as simple as a pathway to reminding myself that I should focus on the things that are within my control, within my gift and everything else 
of course it matters. I'm a human being, but really, really, it doesn't matter. So what are you going to do? Are you going to focus on that over there? Or are you going to put yourself in a position to do something about it? And the fact that Melanie, that's the branch of philosophy she vibes with, and literally everything about her, everything about what she was saying on Friday anyway, was just like Stoicism 101. For the modern woman and man. man. Because I'm quite sure Marcus Aurelius and Seneca Mm -hmm. and Epictetus were not thinking about black women with natural hair, first generation Eastern European women, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm quite sure. Exactly. They weren't, yeah. So that, that I think was something that helped people breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, because it gave them something to work with something to and also yeah. it, it felt like a a loving drag that's what <laughs> like, like, is. It was, yeah it was like it and I I haven't read a lot into it I've got the daily stoicism daily yes. stoic book yeah and every time I read it I'm like you're calling wow. me out I feel like I've just been called out yeah. yeah and that was just it when when Melanie was talking it's like well yeah it's it comes down to choice and personal responsibility what are you going to do? I have to, have to find the one from today um, because I was just like, this is exactly what I mean when I say that um, stoicism drags you because it just, it puts it into context. It gives you, well, you still got somewhere to hide, but it really does free you of places to hide. And then you're just like, do you know what? You're right. Mm. This makes total sense. Um, okay, this is it. Yes, you can. If you do everything as if it were the last thing you were doing in your life and stop being aimless stop letting your emotions override what your mind tells you stop being hypocritical self-centered and irritable (laughs) (laughs) i was just like right is this an african dad or what but literally (laughs) literally you can emotions aren't facts they're not facts if you don't feel like it you can still do it and it may not be to what you think is the best of your ability because you're not really feeling it, but you can still do a damn good job mm-hmm. and done is better than perfect because exactly. nothing is perfect. Exactly. And as much as I'm a feelings person and I feel that we can use our feelings as a, as a filter sometimes, that's when we're sort of, that's more of an intuition type thing. It doesn't mean we don't get to do the work just because you don't feel like it. Exactly. Because intuition, what you're talking about, and this is something that I'm very interested in, when you're saying, I don't feel like it, I'm not in the emotional space to do it, sometimes you have to check. Are you genuinely in the emotional space where you can't do it? Or is it your ego? Because intuition, I mean, ego can be a bit of of a shapeshifter. And what you think is intuitive is actually not. It's your inner child stomping around. So Mm -hmm. you've got to be careful with that one. And back to Melanie and what she was saying, when she was talking about people talking a lot, people 
texting and tweeting and whatnot a lot. And then people saying, right, I'm starting a business. So I'm going to go and join this members club. (laughs) I just thought I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I've really been thinking, right, I've got to join a members club, the connections and this and that and the other. And as she said that I was like, this room is full of connections. I'm not a member of a members club. This is a members club. This is a members club. Yeah. Yeah. So the realness. The realness. And and what I love about it is that it's a choice. Yes, you can put the book down. When someone says to you what you're going to do, you can say nothing. Yeah. But you've chosen to be in that space. Yeah. You've chosen to pick up the book and read those words. Yeah. And the energy of you actually saying nothing, if you're ready and you really know what you want, then you're not going to say nothing. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You're going to to get into motion. You're going to get into motion. And when you're ready, when you know what you want and you're getting into motion, leads me on to what um, all of them were saying, but the way that, Actually, all of them did, but Arfi sticks in my head about getting hold of your numbers, probably mm-hmm. because she's an accountant and yes. she's worked, you know, in hedge funds and all mm-hmm. of that. But I was like, it's true, because just on a personal level, level, knowing my numbers to the penny, knowing what I need to live on to the penny has really assisted in me starting to shift my money story. Mm-hmm. And her saying that, you know, Basically, you've got no business being in business if you don't know what your numbers are. I think that there are lots of us that kind of have this attitude because it's our own thing, because we're not answering to anybody. As long as I do the work and I'm generating the money, then that's fine. We can be generating the money, but not keeping an eye on the numbers. You're not keeping an eye on what you need to keep back for tax. You're not keeping an eye on what you need to reinvest. So it all just gets a bit muddied. So I think with all of the mindset and all of the other stuff, there's the real bare bones practical stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's where that practical stuff meets the mindset. Because if you're concentrating on your figures and you're welcoming the money and you're tracking where it's coming and where it's going, you're going to get more of it. Yeah. <laughs> By proxy, you're going to get more of it, whether you're looking at it as on an energetic level or on a practical level, because you know that X activity ger- generates you more revenue than the other stuff you've been doing. It, it enables you to refocus so it's yeah money tracking is a big I know I've fallen off the wagon when the money tracking slide yeah and you can be more creative I know that there are lots of people oh I'm creative so I don't whatever but you can be more creative when you have that freedom because you don't have that big heavy boulder on Mm -hmm. your shoulder yeah because you're ignoring the reality of your finances or you're not putting yourself in a position where you're giving your um, finances strength and permission Mm. to blossom. Mm. And I think for a lot of us, I know for me, I was always really bad at maths. So that became a story. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not good at maths, which which then transpired after I didn't have to do maths as part of formal education. I'm no good with numbers. Yeah. I never thought I was any, I always thought I was good with money and I've been good with money, yeah. but not with the numbers. Yeah. It rolls around to starting your own business style and it's numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, a lot, as long as things are kind of, you know, balancing and what have you. And, and it, for me, it's interesting that that belief of not being good at maths, not being good at numbers from 14 years old, <laughs> 
30 something years later yeah. it's still transpiring but in a different kind of way mm-hmm. and now especially even the event on friday really cemented to me that you could have fun with this when you start tracking your it's fun <laughs> It really is fun. It builds momentum. And whatever that energetic exchange is, you feed it, it feeds you. You feed it, it feeds you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's because you found an account that's got really great interest, rate, and you've shared it with friends, or there's like a tidbit of information, or you're seeing like a challenge, okay, I need to make X amount more this month. It's a, it can be a challenge, it can be, game, it can be a game, if you like, gamify it, but that's getting creative with it as well. Yes, it is, it is, it is. Just because you're not painting a watercolour with it, it is still getting creative. <laughs> and even things like, so you want to be able to relocate to another part of the country, you want to have a bigger property, you want to get this, that and the other. What are you doing? How are you, tr- how are you making sense of the numbers? What research have you done about what resources you'll need to bring that into fruition? Mm-hmm. How can you work towards that when you've got no clue what you need? Do you really want it? If you really want it, then you need to go into, I know for sure that I have got various. So we were talking about um, when Paula was talking about your money needing to have a purpose. Yeah. I have allocated purpose to my money based on, you know, I know myself, hopefully I do. I, I know that when people say, you've got to supersize it, you've got to think bigger and bigger. Mm-mm, that doesn't work for me. I can make a big leap and that's one step on the staircase. So I've got my financial purpose for that step on the staircase. Then I've got the leap after that one I've got my financial plan for that so I know what I need to earn what I need to put away what I will need for my basic living costs on phase one and phase two Mm. of that scaling when I get to phase two I will have a look at phase three and four if that's what I want to do but what I'm saying is when you give your money a job to do you start to change your relationship with money where your money is working for you just as much as you are working for it. And then you can get into that phase of working towards your money, working for you. Mm -hmm. Stop. But if you're not actually giving it a job to do, you can very well get that money, but where's it going? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you're someone who's in pursuit of the money, giving it a purpose gives you a purpose. Yes. So it gives you like the targets. It gives you something yeah. to work towards. Yeah, a structure. And then a structure and then you're more likely to get it. And that's why it's so important. If you know that you want to buy whatever, actually, how much does it cost? Because it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, I really want X, Y, Z. But if you don't know how, how much it costs, you might be thinking, actually, this faraway dream that is close to I'm not shit I'm trash Mm -hmm. I can't do I can't my life blah blah yeah it needs to be smart specific measurable achievable realistic timely boom (laughs) um one of the things that Paula talked about that she talked about on your podcast as well Mm -hmm. is the triangle is it the tri- is it called the triangle of wealth? No, it's the stages of wealth. Stages so of wealth. It's because in my mind I see a triangle. That's yeah. why. Stability, security, 
comfort and wealth yeah and it's basically that you start off with a stage where you're able to fund your lifestyle you're able to pay your bills yeah hopefully your outgoings yes exactly then you get to the stage where I don't know if it's called security or not yeah I think that's I think the next one is security and that's where you're making more the income is superseding um your outgoing so you've got a little bit more to play with yeah the next one is that comfort. I don't know. Or is it just go straight to wealth? I don't know. You need to listen. I think, to I th- I'm sure there are four stages. I'm sure there are four. Because there's wealth. There's a stage where your money starts making the money for you. Yeah. So there's so investing, security. Yeah. we need you (laughs) but definitely check out Paula because she has so much knowledge on all of that stuff very accessible knowledge Mm -hmm. like her get vex money like her get vex money I was talking to somebody about that and I was talking about um he was saying um you know it's like why does it have to be get vex money like my man ain't do me no good. So I, I got vexed and I had the money to go. And um, I was like, you, you can think about it like that or it can be your, it can be your joy money. Yes. This isn't serving me. I'm going, I'm seeking my joy. Or this is so wonderful. Here's a ton of money. Let's go on a bloody world cruise or something. Yeah, exactly. I think it's about whatever motivates you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I know for me, get vexed money works. And it's not necessarily because he's not doing whatever and I'm vexed with him. It could be that I'm vexed with the client that I've got. It could be that I'm vexed with the employer that I'm working for, the house that I'm living in, the country that I'm living in. It it just means that I'm at a stage where I want to make a change. Yeah, because someone's vexed me. (laughs) And for a lot of us, we're motivated by pain or pleasure. Yes. And for many of us, we fall on the pain scale. So things need to get so they hurt and they yeah. sting in yeah. order to motivate yeah. us to make that change yeah. so um if get vex money works for you if get joy money i think works it worked for a number of women in that room because i remember <laughs> the reaction was like yes 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 <laughs> and even the get vex money even if it but as you're saying that actually when you think about it from the perspective of um work employment and how we earn money if you have a little cushion or a huge cushion and you're in a position where your work is no longer serving you you give yourself the freedom and the access mm-hmm. to be able to do something about that unlike a lot of us who will have to stick it out until we find yeah. something else or simultaneously start a side gig mm-hmm. and work on that side gig full-time outside our full-time work mm-hmm. so that we can leave the full-time work exactly so your get vex money is so you can find your joy right yeah, yeah totally totally yeah 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 um oh I really liked this one about knowing when to step back and when to step forward important because some of us are tired right and stepping back is an act of self-care and self-preservation so it doesn't always have to be you all up there in the office having those conversations or helping or you know Mm -hmm. standing up for people being Mm -hmm. the representative for sure but 
But also with that, I think that knowing when to step back also comes in knowing when to say no to what appear to be opportunities. Oh, yeah. I remember reading something where somebody was saying that their business didn't grow, although they were getting lots of opportunities and they were being invited here, there and yonder, the actual business they formed didn't grow because they were so busy taking up these opportunities Um, that were coming externally. And they said they had to stop. They were like, one year, I'm not speaking anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm literally focusing on my business plan because my business is not growing in the way that I'd envisaged Mm. because I'm so busy taking up opportunities. Mm. So then I question whether they're even opportunities. And you have to then decide, I suppose, an opportunity for what? <laughs> Is it well, just an opportunity? What I realised was their ego was being stroked mm. and their profile was being raised because they were all over the place doing these things. Mm-hmm. But actually, the um, sense of satisfaction for them wasn't in that. Mm. It was nice at first. It was nice to be recognised, but they knew that their sense of satisfaction would be in developing the business they'd yes. set out to do. Mm. And I suppose that's where it's like you can have an opportunity, say if it's to do a speaking gig or feature in a book or whatever, it's an opportunity to do that thing. But if it's not leading you to whatever your goal is and your vision is, then it's not an opportunity for you to grow your business. No, no. So it's deciding what the opportunities are for you to get what it is that you want, not just there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Paula talked about if you can't buy it twice you can't afford it when Paula Perry said that on Instagram game changer that is literally how I look at things literally and she's not talking about buying a house buying a car things mm. like that if you're buying a dress a can dress, you yeah. buy that dress twice mm. if you're buying a pair of trainers can you afford that twice it's just been Christmas Christmas gifts can you afford to buy what you bought twice? If you can't afford to buy. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I was categoric. It is for my daughter. It is for my nephew. I made presents and there were some things that I knew that people wanted. And I just knew if it wasn't on Amazon, you weren't going to have it. But I was really, I wasn't frugal. I just thought it's a waste of time. I'm not doing it. I'm I'm not. For kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for kids. Like, and and also my daughter's birthday is in January. So I better be able to buy it twice. (laughs) Because you're literally buying twice. You have to for that one. But no, it just, it just really put things into perspective. So even with things like, you know, with the, the clothing element of, free, of 360, which I'm winding down, people, <laughs> it will no longer exist um, in the not-too-distant future. With the concept from Paula about if you can't afford to buy it twice, can you afford to buy it? It meant that I wasn't buying so many bargains, which meant <laughs> bargains in inverted commas, <laughs> which meant that I had invested in better quality pieces that I can wear over and over and over and over again for years. Unlike if I bought something that was the latest offering in Topshop or whatever. Yeah. That would last like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it may not, but this, I'm, I'm investing more in pieces that are timeless. Mm. So in the long run, I'm not spending as much. Yeah. 
You know what I did? A friend of mine that I worked with a few years ago, she was like, I'm only buying stuff that I love. Yes. And I was like, and I adopted that. Yeah. And that's a few years ago. So now I can genuinely look at my wardrobe and be like, I love most of the things in there. Whereas yeah. before that, I mean, I used to work in fashion. I used to work for Arcadia, who run okay. Topshop. So yeah. like when I first started working, my wages literally went into my account and then went to Topshop. Yeah, or myself. Topshop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my wardrobe was full of stuff that was just like whatever was in fashion yeah. and I didn't really necessarily love it. Yeah. I got to the stage where I'm like, actually, I love the stuff in this wardrobe. Yeah. And that yeah. was that was a really nice a really nice place yeah. to be yeah that is but that whole it's a whole different mindset if you can't buy it twice you can't afford it first time I heard it I was like this no, is just confusing my mind people that literally were like huh yeah you're saying that to me but then there was the okay it makes sense that. yeah yeah but I don't know I don't feel like we've been conditioned to thinking that way it's like if you can afford it you've got the money for it so you can afford it but affording it twice it's like because actually there was something that Paula had said on um an Instagram story she said um we need to change how we perceive what we can afford so she said it was something along the lines of if you see something in the shop for 300 pounds and you've got 400 pounds you can't afford that thing in the shop for 300 pounds because you're only going to be left with 100 pounds I was like, Paula, what? All this time I'd be thinking, I can buy that thing for £300 and I, I can buy something for £100. Exactly. I think I've done a good job. I've got £100 left over. Exactly. I'm winning. Exactly, exactly. But when she said that, I was like, I fully get you. I, I get it. You know what? On a logical, intellectual level, I understand it. I'm still wrapping my head around the fact that she has redefined the word afford. I know. But that is... She said that last year, it's been over and over. It's been, a, it's been a mantra in my head. So the other day, I had something in my shopping cart in whatever shop whistles. There was a whistle sale. And I had this stuff. And literally, I was like... I wasn't thinking, oh, I've only got £100 left or whatever. But it was that kind of, it was what you were saying. I didn't think about it in that way. But it was a case of, I didn't really love what I was putting in the cart. There was only one thing that I really loved that I was putting in the cart. And it it was something else that Paula said, just because you can afford it doesn't mean you should have it. So I looked at that and I was thinking, I'm buying that because it's significantly reduced and I can afford to. Do I need it? No. Have I got something similar in my wardrobe? All right, brain. Thanks. Mm. Yeah, I have. So don't get it. Mm. And what I have bought, I will wear time and time and time again, and I can wear it throughout the seasons. Yeah. And it's that, isn't it? Like, as you're talking, it's that being able to talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to the stoicism as well. Because what you're reading is really, you're talking to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's being able to step back and be like, actually. And not judge yourself, not scold yourself. Even if I'm saying, you know, really, Tam, do you need that? It's mm-hmm. not from a beating up myself. It's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Thanks, you called me out. Sorry, it is, it's kind of it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Literally. You have to let the emotions get into it. 
do you know what's really interesting because it has been repeated in my mind so much the emotion can't even be bothered like mm. it's literally tamu that's really lovely do you really want it yeah but it's reduced do you really want it yeah but it used to be 189 pounds now it's 45 quid do you really want it all right fine i don't okay yeah. then next mm. and for me that has rippled into other ways. I'm sure I said it at Wellness is Wealth. That refreshing my bank account, hoping that the invoice has been paid. Whilst I do that, because pay me what you owe me, it's not from, oh my God, I've got like £12.49 in my account. What am I going to do? Whatever is going on currently means that I'm at a place where even though I'm earning practically half of what I did previously because I set up on my own um I'm not feeling that desperate pinch Mm. yeah and I think it's so powerful that what you just described that being able to talk to yourself in that almost unemotional way it is what it is that can be then transferred to the way it's like I need to track my money I had I, I maybe I haven't been tracking my money for the last year but that's okay. No judgment on myself. Yeah. Today is, is today's. Zero. Yeah, exactly. And, and now you can start doing it. And it's all of those like moment by moment decisions to turn the light on yourself mm-hmm. with love, mm-hmm. without the judgment and mm-hmm. just be, which is quite a masculine way of being. In a, in a, but you know when you take the essence of it, I know it can get into the whole gender role thing but the essence the masculine energy is kind of like it is and it isn't like there's that but I think it, it could very well be and I'm not saying that it's not but I remember having a conversation with myself and thinking about my ego being my inner child And then thinking further into, would I speak to myself the way that I speak to myself if I was a child? Mm. Ah, I know what it is. I spend a lot of time with my nephew. My nephew is two years old. He is one of the most bright, wonderful human beings ever. And I watch him and I learn a lot from him. And I think, would I, what do I do with him? How do I foster habits within him how do I encourage him to change his behavior how do I support him to learn and not give up not that he because toddlers don't give up they keep going on and on and on and on and on mm. so I literally just had a moment I thought right that's it I'm, I'm parenting myself mm. the way that I nurture and care for children I'm, I'm nurturing and caring for myself in that way so I'm wondering, is it that or is it? Yeah, for me, it's a mixture of both. Sometimes I compare myself. Sometimes it's just, uh, it is talking to myself how I wouldn't talk to a child because it's just. Sort yourself out, love. Do it. Yeah, fix up. (laughs) Just, yeah. 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 Stop crying. Yeah. That's when I put on LL Cool J, mama said knock you out. That's when LL Cool J (laughs) has to sort me out. (laughs) Um. We touched on investing. Well, when Arfie said, well, pretty much don't bother with a cash ISA. Yes, just to stop the shares ISA. Yeah. And because it's a long-term savings investment, 
the, the risk is worth it for me. I don't know about anybody else rather than a poultry um, amount. Um, I suppose that's where everyone, you have to decide what, what works for you. What works for you, isn't it? And even if you're going to go actually investing in the stock market, it's like, well, what can you afford to lose? Yes. So you're saying you've got the, and yeah. I'm sure Paul has got some kind of tool or workshop that sure. breaks all of I'm this sure. down. But there'll be I some. Think Melanie does actually. I think. Oh, does she as well? Okay. I think, I think so. I think so. But there's money that you might need access to. Yes. Savings that you need access to, savings that can be put away, yeah. money that you could afford to lose, and it would yeah. be. Yeah. Okay. And and with that, when Arfi was talking about the eighty twenty rule mm. about automatically putting twenty percent away in a long term, you know, mm-hmm. uh, saving investment kind of thing I think I saw lots of eyes light up with that mine definitely did and I thought to myself that is something that I could adopt with tracking and planning mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not saying that everybody I know that there are many people that will think I literally do not have 20% but when Paula was saying things like even if it's a pound mm-hmm. Something exactly. to build the something, momentum yeah. and do mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And it's all part of getting into that habit and training, isn't it? Yeah. It's a percentage. So you've always, as long exactly. as you've got something, it's taking yeah. a percentage. A percentage, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and different ways of doing it. Melanie Melanie made me smile when she talked about um Esusu, that's what it's called in Sierra Leone as well. Uh, and lots of people know about it, know it as a partner. Partner, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, a savings club or something. But there are ways that you can take a little and make it more. And I guess the thing with things like savings clubs, something that is really great that people don't utilise enough are credit unions. Mm. Credit unions aren't just places to get loans. You can also save. And because you're saving with a community and you have a responsibility to other people, you're more inclined to make sure that you prioritise having that money accessible Mm. to put in the savings. Yeah. I thought the conversation around savings was really interesting where Paula talked about your savings having a purpose um, and somebody had brought up struggling with the mindset around savings. Yeah. And they both talked about kind of tricking yourself into it. And one thing that Paula um, had said to her girls and my mum had said to me when I first started working is that you, 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 you do not know this you don't know this money. I remember mum, your hands have not seen this money before. Yeah. So pretend you have half (laughs) and work it from that. And it's so true. And whether it's, whether you're new to it, Mm -hmm. like Paula was telling her daughters, my mom told me as when I was younger, Mm -hmm. or even today, if you're able to, it's about pretending you never even have it. Yeah. And and that's the other thing as well that Paula Mm -hmm. talks about when you have an increase in income and increase of wealth, Mm -hmm trying to still live within the financial bracket you did previously. Mm-hmm. So then that extra money becomes a surplus rather than scaling up your life mm-hmm. to match your money. Yeah. Because I think about the podcast chat I had with Paula and I was reading something in some Sunday newspaper or something where there was a couple where their household income was 180 grand a year. And because they kept increasing their life according to their money, can you imagine they earned the best of £200,000 and they were maxed out on credit cards, maxed out to everything. And they literally would have the the week before payday, they would li- like literally be in their outside their overdraft 
Wow. Literally because every time they had an increment, they would make an upgrade. Yeah, to to upgrade. So Mm -hmm. they went from a three-bedroom house to a five-bedroom house. Actually, the three-bedroom house was ample space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also it was about living the lifestyle, presenting the lifestyle. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is loaded back into beliefs and stories, exactly. and things, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Not living within your means. Yeah, and and that's it. That I've listened to lots of podcasts with lots of lots of hugely successful people, and when it comes to money, even when they are living a lavish lifestyle, they are still living well below their means. Mm. Mm. yeah that's the key and also when you can pinpoint your happiness in other ways Mm -hmm. then you don't always need it to come from the things that the money necessarily funds yeah yeah because you've got Uh, space yes exactly so that was it that was a roundup of wellness is wealth Oh, and we have to also add that the event finished at nine o'clock and we were wandering around Canary Wharf trying to find somewhere to go for a drink because people didn't want to go home. Um, It was just like, okay, guys, we we really... um, But that was really lovely because that's just a testament to the vibe of the evening and the connections that were made and the conversations that were being had people weren't ready yet to stop the conversations yeah exactly beautiful beautiful event so a big thank you to jeffrey for the space absolutely and for our panelists and we just want to shout out um how our panelists and how you can possibly do go further with it it's kind of like no matter where you are within um your financial wealth and how you're feeling about it in your situation there is something for you yeah do you want to start with yours me myself and I yeah what if people are in a certain position what you've got for well what I have is um (laughs) here's one I made earlier here's one I made earlier what I um I'm acutely aware of is that a lot of the things that we talk about and a lot of the suggestions are made are wonderful, but there's a piece before that. And I mentioned it earlier on, I was talking about radical self-awareness, radical self-acceptance, because I think that it is very difficult for you to access tools, work, experiences that will assist you to level up if you're not aware of yourself and you're not accepting yourself, if you're denying parts of yourself, you're not going to be able to do the work that's necessary to address or work with all of the areas of yourself. Um, I just don't think that you're able to be in the headspace needed to not just make changes, but sustain them. And realize that they are little habits that you layer and build every day. So I I haven't got the date sorted yet, but I am going to be offering a radical self-acceptance, the pathway to everyday joy um, online workshop. Um, I just need to work out when that will be. Um, And also my day retreats are a space where 
you're really able to connect with yourself and what makes you tick. And again, that fits, falls into the self-awareness, self-acceptance piece. So my next retreat, day retreat, is on the 9th of February, and that got sold out in November. Thank you, God, feeling very blessed about that. And the next one is going to be on the 4th of May. Um, details yet to be confirmed, but if you would like to know more, um, there are links in the show notes so you can contact me and we can have a conversation in some way, shape or form. Cool. Okay. And so for those of you who feel like you've got a basic understanding of the knowledge of what you need to be doing, um, you're not saying that you know everything, but there's some stuff that you know that you, you really need to be doing and you're still not doing it. And that could be from bringing in the money in the first place and earning the money that you want to earn right through to what to do with it once it comes in. You've got the info, but the action isn't following. Then that is what I work on within my creative mentoring so whether it's one-to-one or mastermind um or a little community that I'm going to be developing very soon uh, <laughs> that's what that's all about that's what it's all about getting you out of your own way and actually getting you focused on 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 doing especially if you've got a creative business or brand that you're wanting to do that within so that is me Lovely, lovely. Um, um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Paula and Melanie, that were on the panel of, um, they also have some packages that can support you with your financial journey. We will make sure that links are in the show notes for that. Mm-hmm. And make sure that we include our fees information because she's got something coming up quite soon yeah she's got a mentorship program and that she's going to be launching yeah there were some books that were recommended some books that were talked about on the event we will put those in the show notes also so that you can get your learning on Mm -hmm. but the main thing is that it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to look at your stuff, <laughs> look at yourself and decide. And in that looking, as I said earlier on in this podcast, look through compassionate, curious eyes. Look at your stuff without judging yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's practice, it's repetition, it's, you know, reminding yourself that this is part of your story, not the story. Um, and then you will have the space to be able to say, okay, this is my story. I can write a new one based on this information. Exactly. You are where you are. Exactly. Full stop. <laughs> so let's exactly. start the new sentence, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, my love. Thank you, my darling. Thank you. We will keep you updated, sorry, last thing, with regards to what's happening with Wellness is Wealth, because as we said at the beginning, we want to make sure that whatever we're doing is honouring the magic that was created on Friday. Mm -hmm. But make sure you're following us on Instagram, because, you know, 